Welcome to Launch Grow Harvest Podcast, Business Growth Coaching with Connie Buna and Roland Kim. Hi, everybody. Connie Buna here with my very handsome partner, Roland Kim, and the ever so wonderful Glenn McQueenie. Thanks for having me here. A brokerage owner, a very successful coach, a successful business person, and an amazing realtor for how many years, Glenn? 32 years. 32 years in the biz. And so we're going to be speaking with Glenn today specifically about how coaching and and learning has been an ongoing passion in his life um, and, and how he has taken this now to the next level in his business, in his many businesses. So I'm looking forward, Glenn, to getting getting deep with you today. Yeah, well, excited to be here. Thank you. And I uh, just wanted to say how instrumental uh, early in my career, one of your books was there on uh, focusing on your niche. And so that's something that's uh, really applied to my business. And I'd like to learn a bit more of uh, what made you write that book. What was the opportunity you saw that people weren't fulfilling? Well, you know, I decided about six or seven years ago, I sent an email to, we had 200 agents at the time. I think now we're at about 550, but the time we had 200 and I, I said, I'm going to do this pilot project called double your income. Who would like to double your income in the next 12 months? And 23 people responded, which I thought was a bit low. (laughs) Maybe more people would want to do it. But anyway, 23 people signed up. So we just started coaching them every two weeks and after 12 months, all 23 of them had doubled their income and some had tripled and quadrupled. And what I'd learned from that experience was that it's, it's all about custom coaching. Mm. Now it's not a one size fits all. And what I learned, so I wrote my first book, which was called double your income based on that program, which was much more tactical, like, okay, for every listing you take, could you get another two or three pieces of business? What's the winning formula in, you know, lead generation? But it always boiled down to that those 23 people, we had a separate coaching program effectively for each one of them. And through that, I started saying, well, really, this whole concept of agents being a generalist, you know, I'll be everything to everybody was adding very little value. And you were in a very high competition zone because everybody was trying to be everything. And I know that generalists get paid the least because if you think about it, a specialist gets paid more than a generalist. And then a celebrity specialist gets paid more than a specialist or a generalist. So if you think about just um, for ladies who get there, you know, go to a hairdresser, you know, you can go to Magic Cuts, the generalist, and for a very cheap price, get an okay haircut. But most of them go to their own specialist, the person who they really like, who matches their personality. And then in every city, you have the celebrity hairdresser who basically charges two to three times more than the specialist. Mm -hmm. But the haircut's not really any different. It's really just marketing at that point right? Mm. So it came back to like this whole concept when I was coaching them up, like, don't try to be everything to everybody, just be something to somebody, you know, and whatever that looks like. And so they were like, well, what do you mean? And I was like, well, all agents come into this business with their own unique skills, their own unique strengths, 
they've come from other fields. They bring a lot of great skills to real estate. And, and I just think that the quicker you can transfer those skills, because it, most businesses run on the same premise, right? You know, we do need some leads. <laughs> we need to serve them at a really high level. We need to find them, you know, make our customers really thrilled and happy with what we do and then build them to be like raving fans of our business. And I don't care if you're in lawn cutting or if you're in real estate or if you're a hairdresser, it's all the same. What I found is as I talk to them and listen to their unique abilities, and then I'd say to them, you know, who's your dream come true client? Like, who do you want to be a hero to? What if I was running a factory and it was a widget factory, but all I did was at the end of that factory was your perfect fit client. And that's because I found that when I was coaching these agents, whenever they were working with people who were in a way most like themselves, had the same values, the same integrity, the same character, they were like, for example, friendly and cooperative. They knew what they wanted. They appreciated them. They were willing to pay for their services, that the transactions were really great. And when you matched up with that type of client, it just was really smooth. So I would ask them, who's your perfect client? Like, who do you want to be a hero to? And people would say, you know, I want to work with 20 to 35 year olds looking for a condo in False Creek, because I know that area really well. And I want them to be educated, professional, friendly, nice. And so once we would kind of figure that out, once we knew who our target market was, then we could design the marketing to go and get them, right? So it would be something mm -hmm. like if we were targeting, it could be who are the 10 best condos for sale in False Creek, right? Because who wants that? Like your perfect target market. And that would range anywhere from someone who's like, well, I just like helping seniors downsize their home. So we would start designing that niche. And because, you know, agents were like, I just want to help people move down. So then we'd start doing that, but not many people would show up. So then we'd start collecting the inner wisdom of what they really want. So they want to downsize. What we discovered is they really wanted to declutter first. So then we just started running decluttering um, seminars because then people would put their hand up. We'd get it earlier, the lead earlier before everyone else. And then eventually once they were decluttered, then they were ready to downsize, you know? So it's just about matching. Mm. Um, it's custom coaching, matching someone's unique skills and abilities to their target market and then just developing the marketing plan. And you touched on something there, Glenn, that I, I would just love to, to elaborate on or expand on. And I think it's just so, so brilliant. You're looking at the business that you want to, to run, the people that you want to service. And what I hear you talking about right now is coaching that agent to go deep on the service. What do they need? Yes, they want to sell their homes. What do they need like three steps before that? And how can you be a part of helping them either solve that problem or connect to the right person that helps them resolve that concern and then stay in connection and stay in relationship? Absolutely. Which, yeah, which I think really speaks to one of the things that I think is a fundamental differentiator between an agent that is running a business versus an agent that's just doing transactions. Yeah. Are you ready to build your real estate portfolio? We, we can, can help. help. 
We have the experience and lender connections for you to build what you may not have thought was possible. And we offer unbiased advice because we're not a bank that's offering you one mortgage product. We are here for the long run. Exactly. We look at all the options and mix those with your dreams and goals to build a perfect mortgage strategy for your next step. It's easy with our secure technology and also means faster approvals for you. But we're also real people and we're happy to talk and answer questions anytime. With the Home Happy Team, you get the strength of having a team and not just at completion. We are with you to help manage your mortgage from now on. Let us start to build your financing plan so your future can start now. Well, you know, you have to build a tribe and we all have our own tribe. You know, if you're a musician, you're going to probably like hanging out with musicians. If you're an artist, you're going to love artists. If you're like, we all have our own tribe of our own posse of people we like to hang out with. And I'm just giving people permission to say it's okay just to be everything to those people. You don't have to be everything to everyone else. We don't need any more agents. I don't know if you've noticed. <laughs> we're a little full in that department. And I don't think the consumer sits there and goes, boy, if four agents could just call me today. That would be, that would be a perfect day. I hope four agents call me, you know? So what we do is we kind of plan it from, but the way you have to do this, the hack here is you plan it from the customer's point of view, not your point of view. So you ask yourself this mm -hmm. one question. And the question is, what's keeping them awake at night my target market what's their biggest problem so what's their unique problem yeah. and then what's the unique solution that i could design that when they see it they're like oh my god that's that's my problem and you got the solution like what are the odds you know so if it's a first-time buyer lying awake at night or a couple lying awake at night, they're like, can we afford this market? Is now the right time to buy? Is this market going to crash? Um, what if I lose my job? What if, I, you know, whatever your marketing should solve their selfish problems. Mm. Awesome. So it sounds to me like this could be applicable really at any, any stage of, an individual's career, but talk about how impactful this could be if this was part of the beginning stages of your of your business and your business planning as a realtor and all of the work that you do to build your business focuses around building this this niche, building this concept and building out all the support systems or finding them that already exist. So helping to not reinvent mm -hmm. the wheel. Well, I wish I would have known this when I started. <laughs> and and so that leads us to another question, which is, you know, lots of many, many folks that um, are in our audience and, and in our worlds are are established, are well established, actually, in their careers. Um, and and, and I, when I'm saying this out loud, Roland, I think about about the way in which at year, I think it was nine or 10 of your career is really when you started going deep into the idea of being a, a realtor that focuses specifically, um, you do lots of different types of business, but you have a passion for that investment side of the business and being an expert in that, in that arena. And so Glenn, it makes me think about how can established agents evaluate and assess their business at its current sort of place 
and help to build in these systems? What's the first step? What's the lead domino? The first question is, who do I want to be a hero to? That's the first one. Who's my perfect fit client? Because I've learned that it's actually easier to sell a $2 million condo than a $700,000 condo, depending on you. Like if you like to deal with the professional class who, who make decisions quickly, they willing to pay your fee there, they get paid a professional salary themselves. The reason they got to where they are and they can afford 2 million is because they've made some really great decisions in their life. So number one, if I'm established, I might just go to more high margin, lower volume. You know, because that's where there's a lot of riches in those niches right now. And mm -hmm. if you're the person who, uh, or, you know, roll into your point is like investment properties excite me. I love helping people build wealth and I'm going to show people how they can start from zero and I'm going to become their hero because I'm going to show them how money works and how leverage works. And that's going to be one of my niche markets. And maybe I just started that 10% of my week now is building up the investment property niche. And I still keep doing what I'm doing 90% of the time. In my book, I, the McQueenie method, I talk about how you dip your toe in it first, you know, mm -hmm. and let the, let the marketplace be your partner in developing it. So bring it out, get feedback from the market change it, roll it back out, get feedback from the market. And then this is where you do like, you know, what I've seen some people, it's like, I'm not going to get started until I figured out the whole niche, what the people want. And it's like, just let the marketplace be your partner in this, you know, and Jeff Bezos in his recent book called the 15 minute MBA, he talks about, he says, once you get to 70%, you have to roll it out. If you wait till 90%, someone else will take your market. Mm -hmm. You know, if it was a launching agent, if I was new right now, I wish I knew this when I started because I was just running around everywhere. <laughs> you know, it's like, Poco, sure, I'll be there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Richmond, yeah, let's go look at a rental. You know, Whistler, yeah, for sure. You know, like, you know, we just were everything to everybody, but really hard to, and it took much longer. What I would do right now for someone who's launching, I would sit there and just, just say, who do I want to work with? And mm -hmm. then what do they need? What's their biggest problem? And how can I find the solution? If I'm a middle producing agent in the, you know, I've been in for a couple of years, things are going okay. I've, I've got enough money to survive and stay in the business. I'm going to keep doing that about 80, 85% of the time. And then for 15%, I'm going to slowly start testing some niche markets. If I've been around for a long time, as you said, in the harvest period of your career, I'm going to start probably following a lot of the, the MREA models of leads, listings, and leverage, which is now that I've done everything I can do, and I want, I've got some freedom of money now. And when I've got freedom of money, I can buy my time back. You know, <laughs> you know, if uh, I can afford to someone to clean my house, so I don't have to do it anymore. You know, and as you're making lots of money, you don't have as many problems because you can write a check to solve that problem all the time. So at that point, I would start going, okay, here's what I want to do. I want to go into that high margin world right now, but I'm going to bring in a team because I really don't want to do leases as much anymore. I don't want to help first-time buyers. I don't want to work in these certain neighborhoods. And, and I think that's what you guys at KW do really well is just show them how to build that team. Thank you, Glenn. It's probably really hard for people to figure out a niche. So if you've been a generalist for five, six, seven years and how, how would you advise someone? How do you help them brainstorm? 
Well, one of the things Glenn said repeatedly, and I'll just draw attention to that, is who do you want to be a hero to? So in that concept, then maybe maybe just for those of us that are struggling to think about what that might mean in a, in a literal sense, are you hoping to hear about some like actual archetypes of clients? Uh, yeah, great, great point for clarifying that. Maybe um, in your experience, having coached a lot of people through this, you know, maybe tell some of the, what, what surprised you as a great niche that someone came up with that mm. might not be so typical, um, you right. know, cause we think of like first time home buyer, you know, investor or downsizing, but there's gotta be a bunch of successful niches folks have done across the country that surprise us. Great question. Yeah, well, I think there's, I mean, niches fall into three categories, right? One is the demographic niche. How old are they? You know, the second is a geographic niche. Do I want to farm in a certain area? Is it a certain type of property in that neighborhood? If I was going to start farming right now, I wouldn't be like mailing to big subdivisions. I would be going to the new townhouses that were just built in that area because we know 80% of them, those owners will sell within five years. So I would get very specific within that geographic. And then the third is the psychographic, which is why do people move? Mm -hmm. You know, well, I want to go into this neighborhood because I've got two young kids and I want to get them into a great school system so that I can meet, have better connections. They can be socially set up with better, stronger connections. I'm going to be dealing with great kids and great parents, and I'm going to do every, you know, you ask any parent, the only thing they really care about is their kids and that they are going to be okay. Totally. And so you have to make a decision of who do you want to be a hero? Because one niche market could just be helping families with young kids find the best school district. And you could own that niche in the lower mainland. Like you could do the guide to the best schools. That would be a way of getting the lead the 10 best schools right now for kids that, you know, so you can, because we know we're targeting those parents, that's what we could do. If you've got young kids, it's great to join like a parent group because you all have the same problem, right? You, it's, it's a, you, you know, it's like birds of a feather flocking together. So it, you just have to decide, is it going to be demographic, geographic, psychographic, but it could be all three. Mm -hmm. You know, it could be young families in this neighborhood who want a great school, you know, but here's, I guess my best advice I would say right now is all the people I hope probably listening right now, they actually have a niche. They haven't just, they haven't realized it. Mm -hmm. They're either love to door knock and cold call every day. Cause that just would get them fired up or they hate to do it. And most of their business has been repeat referral and sphere of influence. And they pour into those people all the time. So their niche just became my sphere of influence, repeat and referral. Interesting. We don't even know we're doing it. And we're focusing in naturally on like a subset of people that we're attracting. It's just a matter of doubling down and getting more strategic to find them. And it's a matter of also having thinking time. And that's something that I think many of us active business people, active realtors, are doing and that's that's sort of the fundamental principle of the millionaire real estate agent which is moving from an entrepreneur to a business owner and business owners take deliberate time to reflect on their business to review their past transactions and to review the important criteria that will inform where future business is coming from and so if you were giving someone advice on 
on some analysis. If I were somebody that's been in the business five years, so I've, I've exceeded the, the threshold of, are you going to make it? So I've, I've been in the business five years. I'm consistently doing uh, enough transactions to, you know, bring in about 150,000 in gross commission earnings. I have no assistant. I'm doing everything on my own. Um, what kind of analysis can I do? How do I go back? What am I looking for? Well, I think, first of all, understand the rules of the game. The first rule is that there is no relationship between the amount of time you spend in real estate and the amount of money you make. Mm. There is no, I know people who work seven days a week, 16 hours a day, and maybe make 80,000 in real estate. Mm -hmm. And I know some people who take six months off and they make $3 million in real estate. So first of all, just understand that um, there's no relationship between the time you spend and the amount of money you make. And when I would coach people about doubling their income, their default is, oh, I couldn't do that. That would mean twice as much time. Mm -hmm. But it's not. It's actually half as much time. You know, I was coaching someone uh, in Toronto, and over the last four years, they've went from being stressed out and making 275 to their next year, they made 540 then they made 850 and last year they made 1.4. And they're taking more time off they're having because we switched to margin first of all and we also um switched to um so her market is like that two to three million dollar home in this neighborhood and we said let's go really deep and then what happened is she just started double ending everything so she double ended like eight two million dollar properties well mm -hmm. that's you know that's a lot of money mm -hmm. you know um, but, and she didn't have to work any hard, much harder to do it. So the first is understand the rule, no relationship between time and money. Number two is just get a minimal schedule. Just have a basic schedule set up. Okay. One is Friday night, date night with your partner or your spouse mm -hmm. or with yourself, you know, Saturday morning is off because I'm with the kids at that time. Cause that's really important to me, you know? Every Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 10.30 a.m., I'm going to work on my business instead of in it. I'm just going to yes. schedule some time to just be like, what do I need to do right now to grow my business? I think that's getting to your point, Connie. It's like, what's the structure, the minimum structure there? Well, part of it is you have to have some focus time, which is that two hours. Then you've got to have some recreation time or time off with your family so you're rested. And the rest is just... Don't structure it that much. Just go work in the business. You know, that's the first level, you know. And then the third rule is start booking a vacation every six weeks. Mm -hmm. And I know we're all dying to travel right now. Um, once the skies open up and we're going, I'm actually taking a vacation for three years. I haven't told anyone yet, but I'm just going because <laughs> I've been missing them. But what I've learned even pre-pandemic is everyone laughs when I say take a vacation every six weeks. I'm like, okay, how about we do this? How about you just take two vacations a year? Because mm -hmm. so many agents don't even take one. And what I've learned that every time you book a vacation at the airport, walking on the plane, you're always mm -hmm. finishing another offer. I can attest to this. You know? so, so I'm kind of like, there's this certain flow where you work really hard for six weeks and then you take 10 to 14 days off. So you've, but you start telling your clients, I'm going away, I'm going away. And guess what? They all buy just before you go away. Then you can rest and recover for seven or 10 days. You come back, you're building up your book of business again. Within six weeks, they're all buying and selling, and then you're off again. And so level one, take two vacations a year. Level two, 
book a vacation every three months. And mastery is once you get mm -hmm. up to about every six weeks. So thinking about, I just, I, I'm just loving the vein that we're on here. And I just feel like this is something that is so valuable to people. And so here I am, I'm thinking about the same person. I'm five years in, I'm now going deep on evaluating my, my business and where it's coming from. And the idea of taking a vacation terrifies me. Mm -hmm. Who could possibly service my clients the way that I service my clients? Now I've spent all this time evaluating how I am the perfect agent for this particular niche. Now what? Mm -hmm. Well, what I've learned is that, you know, I was doing probably like 79 to 90 deals a year and it was just me and one assistant. And my feedback loop was, oh my God, Glenn, we couldn't do this without you. Just mm -hmm. like you're mentioning right now, right? Oh, we couldn't have done this without you. And I was like, oh, of course you couldn't. No, <laughs> um, I was like, yeah. And But then I realized once I brought in a buyer agent and I trained them to my service standard that they were actually quite happy working with them to the point where I would like refer this like, you know, great client who I never thought, but it's also how you set it up. So I would be like, you know, I'm going to be the one who's going to be marketing and selling your house. But Jill is my buyer specialist. She's actually the best. She's better at finding you a home than I am. She's like a dog with a bone and she's mm -hmm. going to go and find that property. And then I would train it away from me. So we're going to do the orientation tour together, the showing tour, and she's going to take over. And then I will go back and see the house and do the negotiations. So they feel protected. Right. Mm -hmm. And then eventually you don't have to do the orientation tour, you know? So I trained my buyer agent. I'm like, we're going to do 10 buyer consultations together. The first one, don't talk. And everyone, you're going to talk 10% more and I'll talk 10% less. So after 10, you're fully trained. Mm -hmm. Same with the orientation tour. And then it got to the point where they would just meet them. They would take the tour. They would find them a house. And I would call them going, I'm sure you must need me. And they're like, no, Glenn, we're pretty good. <laughs> Jill's great. <laughs> we don't even need you anymore. That's awesome. so, so that's where your freedom comes. That's number one. Number two, I would say partner up with, with someone and exchange time, not money with another agent. Mm -hmm. My biggest freedom came when I could start taking the entire summer off to be at the cottage with my kids because I found a great agent named Gina and she would cover me for eight weeks in the summer. And then I would come back September 1st and she would go to California. She loved San Diego. It was her favorite place in the world. And I would cover all of her business. And I would, any business she wrote, like I wrote, all the money goes to her. Mm -hmm. Any, And then any business she wrote, all the money came to me. Because a lot of time we won't take money off because we might be in some scarcity about losing some money. And once you actually get your business up and running, you're into niche markets and you're doubling your income, you'll find you have a lot more freedom around money and a lot less scarcity around that. And then you'll be able to get um, with that money, buy your time back. And more importantly, now spend more time on the relationships that mm -hmm. really matter. Amazing. We kind of touched on working on your business and the value of that. And I think how few people actually time block that and talking about time block, I think they over, you know, if you, if uh, they actually do scheduling, they over schedule themselves and then it all falls apart. Mm -hmm. So working on your business, is often Achilles heel. And then one that I've always thought about and talked about is your comfort zone. So, so much of the greatness in your goals are achieved outside of the comfort zone. Why, Glenn, do you think that more realtors that have heard you speak, have seen other people succeed, aren't doing a niche? Is it 
that they're not working on their business enough for the planning or is the comfort zone the thing that's holding most people back? I just think you only know what you know. Mm-hmm. And when you know differently, you're going to act differently. And, you know, uh, most people don't even talk about niche markets. Most people don't talk about most real estate training is not about your sphere of influence and getting referrals and building tribes of bravey fans. Most of the training is about 30 years, like it was great 30 years ago, which is you have to cold call, you have to door knock, you have to do Facebook targeted ads, you have to do SEO, you have to do, which is fine if that's what you like to do. You know, I know some people who just love door knock, like they give them so much energy, right? And um, I'm a high eye on the disc, which just means that my biggest fear is rejection. So why would you send me out to a door going, hi, you know, and they're like, slam, you know, hi, how slam. It's just, you're setting me up for failure. But there's some people who love the hunt. And I think there's kind of like two, like you can divide agents into two kind of um, piles, very general piles. One are like the hunters and the other are the gatherers or nurturers. It's unusual to get people who can do both really well. So I personally think that if you're not a very good hunter, you should either partner up or hire somebody to do the hunting for you. And an example of that would be if I was starting my career right now in your amazing office, um, Van Central, and uh, I didn't know anyone in Vancouver, I would hire somebody to sit in their pajamas and uh, call people And I would say, I will give you 15% of the listing commission on every closed deal. Okay. You book the appointment. I'll get the listing. I'll close it. And when I do, I'll give you 15% of that. There's lots of people who will take that job, Mm -hmm. you know, or I'd find another agent who loves to go and door knock. And I'd be like, you go and door knock. Right. But then there's also, it's not just cold call core door knock. There's also warm call and warm door knock, you know? If I was, had a listing on the street, I would warm door knock, you know, 25 homes to the right, 25 to the left, 50 across the street. And I'd invite them to like a neighbors only sneak peek VIP, you know, beat other buyers before you come to the market. And I would be like, Hey, we often, like, I would have no problem doing that because I'm giving people value. You know, I'd be like, hi, you're invited to the sneak peek neighbors only. We often find, you know, neighbors have friends and family thinking about moving to the area. Here's your chance to beat other buyers because I'm adding value and building relationships. And I could also warm call around that, you know? So first of all, know your personality type. And secondly, you know, stay in your lane, stay in your strengths. Mm-hmm. And don't listen to the, the rhetoric right now. Like here's some more rhetoric and I'll pass it back to you, but most people are still geographic farming, trying to get the listing, you know, free comparative market analysis. Well, people don't list first and sell and then go and buy what you should be doing is you know go help them with their purchase because by default you will get the listing um, when they sell and that's why you'll notice even in most of the areas around your office the dominant agent isn't the dominant geographic farming agent anymore you're going to see these one-off signs pop up from every other broker because they help them on their purchase so decide what you want to do. Do you want to be buyer side, listing side? Do you want to be more prospecting based, which is more door knock, um, 
calling or do you want to be more marketing based which is more advertising or do you just want to be more client focused and you know all of you know enough people right now that if you just called your existing clients and stayed top of mind you would get so many more referrals you wouldn't mm -hmm. know what to do with big points thank you so much glenn that was those are gems gems of wisdom <laughs> yeah anything I'm to share in closing as we're thinking about um you know, we, we haven't yet touched on Slingshot. So Slingshot produced, was that produced entirely through the pandemic at the early stages? Or was that a oh, book written? Oh, my third book, Shut Down Slingshot. Yeah. <sighs> Let's talk a little bit about Slingshot. I think it's still really relevant with COVID. Like, I think a mm -hmm. lot of people are COVID out, but they're not changing their habits. And so I think it's still so relevant. What are the fundamental yeah. principles of, of Slingshot? Well, I kind of, it just occurred to me. Well, I was calling, you know, are you know 500 agents plus and just doing check-in calls like in april like march and april how are you doing how are you holding up by the way which is a great script for everyone listening right now to call everyone who bought and sold over the last two years like hey just drove by your place i was thinking about you how are you doing how are you holding up it says you care it says they matter um it says they're important it says you haven't forgotten about them it's just magical our record for that, by the way, which we found in the Double Your Income program, is when I told people to call everyone who bought in the last two years, um, one of the guys called 38 past clients over the last two years and got 14 referrals in two weeks. And it never said like, I heart referrals, never asked for business. They just said, how are you? Okay. Mm -hmm. So I started calling and I found, I was like, how are you holding up? And I found about 25% of our office was just in complete shutdown mode. So fearful. I'm not going out. I'm very, you know, just scared. Like a lot of us were. Mm -hmm. Then I found about 20% of our office was, was kind of like, well, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity to probably grab some market share if all of my competition is at home, afraid to do anything. And I found the middle 55% could be swayed mm -hmm. either way. So I said, you know, I need to do a book about this because I really believe in, so I did shut down slingshot, the eight winning mindsets realtors need to double down over the next 100 days mm -hmm. because I was doing the research and I really discovered there was like eight mindsets that people need. And so in the book, I talk about each mindset and then I give the, the bad mindset about it and the good mindset about it, right? So one of the mindsets is being learning-based, you know, like take this time to learn as much as you possibly can. And, you know, the kind of poor mindset side of that is I already know what I know. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not going to learn anything new. It's all the trainings, the same old stuff where a lot of people believe it. And then um, the opposite, the winning, the slingshot mindset was um, everything I've learned so far is just a foundation for bigger and greater learning, you know? And one of the other mindsets was about the inner game versus the outer game. Like that the inner game, your inner game is your outer game. And if you're in fear and if you're scared and if you're really frightened right now, it's going to be very hard for you to talk to customers right now who are feeling that way because what they're looking for with you is some leadership. They're mm -hmm. looking for some clarity. They're looking that it's going to be okay. And so that book was really just the, the opposing mindsets of the people who were shut down compared to people who were doubled down. And one of the other mindsets uh, was be a game changer, right? And it was based on this concept that, 
you know, a great poker player, even with a poor hand, doesn't scream at the hand they got. I can't believe they're shutting us down. This pandemic sucks. They just play the game with the cards mm -hmm. they yep. were dealt with. A poor poker player says, I never get any good cards. Bad leads. And so um, when the game, when the rules of the game change, just change the game. And that's mm -hmm. the game changer mindset that I talked about. So it was really, a, it was almost, it was a, like a personal letter from me to our agents to say, it's going to be okay. And you have a choice right now. You can either shut down or you can double down. And if you're going to double down, this will be your once in a lifetime opportunity to get market share that you never would have had. And I'll just finish on this one final thought. When I first started in 1989, the market was really busy in Toronto. And I saw all of these agents with really nice cars and they had multiple houses because the prices had been going up about 24. They all had beautiful spouses. And, and by within about nine months uh, in 90, when the interest rates went to about 15%, the market just screeched. And I saw so many of those agents love the old way of doing business so much that they were afraid to change. Mm -hmm. And they actually ended up losing most of their business. They, they, they were like, oh, well, things are going to get back to normal when I do. And all of a sudden, I saw them start to lose their houses. You know, they were all driving these Cadillac SDSs at the time when I first met them. And that was soon replaced by a Ford Taurus, <laughs> a nice, reliable automobile. And then they lost their spouses. And But I, more importantly, I watched all the big players in Toronto real estate market get knocked out. Mm -hmm. So I'm telling everyone right now, this pandemic is your once in a lifetime opportunity to get your unfair share of the market. Mm. So many people are just trying to hold on to what they have instead of going out there and getting what they want. Mm. And when you show up as the guide, the, the, the lighthouse, the bright light that says it's going to be okay, I get you, we're going to get there safely, then you win. And um, that would be my message to everybody is go be two levels of confidence higher than your client and also maybe two times more compassionate right now. A lot of people are going through some really tough times. Thank you so much, Glenn. That was awesome. Thank you, Glenn. Um, to all you folks out there listening, hopefully you got some amazing nuggets out of this. And Glenn was so nice that he uh, mailed us a couple of books for each one of his books. So reach out to Connie or myself and you can come by the office and get a hard copy if you can't find it online. Yeah, and you can also uh, go to my uh, new website at built by some beautiful or fantastic Vancouver people um, called glennmcqueenie.com where you'll see a lot of the podcasts that I've done. There's a lot of tools and handouts and just the way of kind of, you know, on that website, I've got about 75 podcasts that are all about, it's called the success series. And in 25 minutes, people I don't know, we figure out their niche market and then find the marketing solution. So yeah, glennmcqueenie.com. GlennMcQueenie.com. Thank you so much for sharing that. You are amazing, Glenn. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. And thank you for all you do. You guys are terrific leaders and coaches. And I'm just so honored to uh, get to know you. And I know I've learned so much from both of you. Great having you. Thank you. We paid him to say that. So <laughs> it's on its way. <laughs> Have a great day, everybody. Thanks, Thanks for listening. 